Hi, everyone. Welcome. Uh, my name is Chloe Bellatori. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a relationship and communication expert. I'm a graduate of Princeton University and Pat Allen's One Institute. Um, I teach the tools of transactional analysis as created by Eric Byrne. I teach the tools of androgynous semantic realignment as created by Pat Allen. And I teach tools that I created myself because I've been doing this work for over a decade. Um, I've also written three books on this work. Um, the first is How to Live, Find Love and Keep It. Uh, which is just the basics and the basics of my story. And it's a really good way to reference some of the principles we're going to talk about tonight. Um, and then my second book is called New Ways of Being, The Pain of Change. And that's all about once you start doing this work and you see change, because this work will change your life. Um, so if you don't want to change your life, don't do it. <laughs> um but sometimes making changes, well, all the time making changes, even changes for the better, um, is painful. And so, and the brain, that's the only way it is because the brain rewires itself on pain. The brain doesn't rewire itself on pleasure, but it catches people by surprise because they're making changes for the better. And then they're finding out, oh, this is hard. This is painful. I want to stop. And then they stop making changes. That becomes a problem um, in itself. So I also help people navigating the pain of change and identifying if it's pain because a change needs to take place or pain because a change is already taking place. And then my third book is Secrets to a Good Marriage. What is love? Um, I have been married over 20 years. And I found this work when I was about at my 10 year mark. And I can honestly say that without this work, I would not still be married. Um, I was lucky enough to be taught by Pat Allen, who also mentored me. And like I said, this work changed my life. Um, I was drawn into it because I saw a very dramatic change in my friend, a neighbor. Um, where she went from being really, really struggling for many, many years as a single mom and not making very much money as a massage therapist. Um, and really in the course of three years, completely turned her life around, married the guy of her dreams, um, started making a ton of money, launched a business. And it was so, such a dramatic transformation that it made me interested in this work, which I didn't really understand for a while but something in it resonated with me. So if this is your first night, don't stress. Sometimes some of these ideas take a moment to digest. Um, then a lot of times when we do work together, I'll give you homework. And once you start doing the homework, these ideas will take root in a deeper way. And then ideally you come back and share it and we all get to learn. So that's kind of how this group works. Everything I teach is based on scientific and psychological principles that are already well established. What's unique about this work are the tools to execute on those principles. And those are the tools that I teach. Okay, what am I talking about? What is this work? 
when we talk about relationships, the most successful relationships are those that are balanced between masculine or yang energy and feminine or yin energy, right? This is the part of the duality of the universe that we live in. All of us are both yin and yang, feminine and masculine. Sometimes somebody will come at me with like, what do you mean? There are no gender differences. There are gender differences. Um, I'm not going to necessarily um, engage in that argument. But if you do want to know more about gender differences, I recommend this book, As Nature Made Him. It's a pretty intense book, but it really does a lot to explain some of the differences between um, feminine and masculine and the example it uses is a set of twins. Okay. So the most balanced relationships are those that are balanced between feminine and masculine. What is feminine and masculine? A lot of misunderstanding of what these terms mean. And again, I'll be using these terms interchangeably with yin and yang, um, which are a little less charged. Sometimes people um, are unhappy with the attributes that um, are in the feminine group or are in the masculine group. I just want to say off the top, one isn't better than the other. Okay. They're, all of us are both. So feminine, this is the right side of the brain. This is the yin energy, sensuality, sexuality, spirituality. This is receiving energy. It's the energy of feelings, of creativity. It's passive, patient, vulnerable energy, okay? Feminine energy or yin energy is in the world to make it fun, but it's not of the world, okay? And a good metaphor for feminine energy are flowers, which just exist and are beautiful. On the left side of the brain, we have masculine energy, linear thinking. This is the world of ideas. Most of us are in our masculine energy when we're at work. It's competitive, conquering, controlling. It's giving, taking care of, nurturing, helping. Okay. So when we're at work, we're competing, we're showing our ideas. Um, that's why it's sort of a masculine zone. Okay. And a good masculine energy is very much of the world. A good metaphor for masculine energy is our bricks, right? Okay. So all of us have both of these energies within us. The most successful relationships are those that are balanced between these energies, including the relationship within yourself. And balance is one of those things that's really a, a hallmark of health. Okay. Balance is intrinsic to living here on this planet, right? When we have a chemical imbalance, that you know, this is these that's what you know, you you're told you have problems with your mental health. Um, for example. So balance is really essential. When we get when we have any kind of childhood trauma between the ages, particularly zero to twelve, um, where there are so many critical windows that we go through. If we have childhood trauma during that time, we are often thrown out of balance. And this is because when we're young and we're infants or even, you know, small children, 
we need to rely on the people who run the refrigerator. We need to rely on the adults in our life. And so we often have to th sacrifice some authenticity to form these attachments. Being a child, even if you weren't raised in a particularly traumatic home, is still like being an immigrant because you go into a world that is already established, right? Another area of rules and regulations, everything that you have to learn, and you really don't have a lot of power. Now, as a result of these experiences, we often form what are called survival conclusions. And these are the coping mechanisms that are useful to us in the moment, but they're not existential truths. However, when we try to bring these coping mechanisms into our adult lives and specifically into our most intimate relationships, because that is often the first place that we see childhood trauma show up, that's when we begin to have problems. And so if you're having the same problem over and over again, um, or you are noticing a pattern of behavior or partnerships that don't serve you, then you are in the right place. Because this work is all about investigating what these survival conclusions are that we have and determining whether or not they serve us here and now. And that's why I really love this work is because it's very results oriented. We really try to take the theory and then apply it to our lives. And if you're interested in this work, um, I teach it a few times a year. I'm going to be teaching it in September for the last time this year. Um, so I have a couple spots left in module one and one spot left in module two, which is only available to people who have taken module one. But let me put that link also in the chat. Um, like I said, this is a really unique opportunity to go deeper with this work in a smaller setting. Everything is confidential. Um, you can read more about the course descriptions on my website, which I'll also put in here. Um, and also it's on my Instagram as well. Okay. So. That's my basic spiel. I work with men, I work with women, I work with couples, I work with teenagers. Um, I do a lot of private sessions in addition to these meetups and in addition to teaching this work. And um, when I, I really do this out of passion because when I saw how this work could transform my life and the lives of others and I saw that I was good at it, then I wanted to share it with the world. Um, and I always say, you know, you can hear me and, you know, a lot of people come and they, they don't necessarily, and they listen for a long time and that's fine. Then once you try it, it's always interesting to hear the feedback from that. Okay. So that's my little spiel. Um, now I'm going to take questions from you guys and it can be really about anything. It can be uh, dating, relationships are my specialty. Um, but like I said, I also help people with the relationship they have with their self. 
I help people with work situations, um, communication with family problems. Um, and so if you have a question, raise your hand or you can put it into the chat and I will call on you. Lee. Hey, Chloe. Hi, Lee. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. How can I help you? What's going on? Well, I, I wanted to tell you, I remember last week you mentioned that book by M. Scott Peck called People of the Lie. Yes. And why groupthink tends to be so pernicious. We were discussing that. and Yes. And so I found the audiobook and I listened to the audiobook and yeah. Um, I just wanted to get back to you on that, that it, um, it was kind of interesting. Like he, you probably already know this, but I was able to find the section <laughs> in the whole book where he says that something about, it's kind of evil is supposedly in, is a kind of immaturity. He talks about evil, how. <laughs> right, right. He approaches a definition of evil. Yeah. Yeah, and how narcissistic behavior comes naturally to groups, but it's apparently it's the group leaders that have bolstered this. Yes. In times of failure by whipping it's, it's sort of inbred in that even the military apparently has this phenomenon. And I guess, I guess I just wanted to get back to you on that. I found it quite insightful because I've been in group settings and you know, it, it doesn't, my karaoke group is pretty good about it, but the, there are other groups I'm involved in where it's been, you know, like I told you a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago, I actually got, went out on a date with a gal a couple of weeks ago in an, in sort of a happy hour group. And there was some like weird, awkward social, like backstabbing going on verbally. And it made me super uncomfortable. And I, that was what prompted the question. And so as I read this book, I was thinking back to that experience and how it's just a phenomenon in certain, in specialized groups, she's, he says. I just mm -hmm. want to Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't always have to be the case, but if it's not the case, you usually find someone who's leading the group or in the leadership of the group who's really holding that spiritual energy of the group. Yes. You know, that I think you really have to have someone like that in any kind of any one of these groups, like healing groups. I think this also came up in the in the context of men's groups, because I've had a number of questions recently about um, client from clients and in here about um, people joining men's groups and having mixed experiences with that. Um, it's tough because it's really hard to get mental health help, um, the kind that you need. A lot of just traditional therapy, you know, is based around just you expressing your feelings and having them reflected back. And then they can give you a diagnosis and bill your insurance. And so it doesn't actually end up, I mean, that's nice and we all need to be reflected, but it doesn't actually end up changing your life, you know? Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm sure, you know, you have a lot of, ex you know, an experience with a number of these groups. So it's nice to see that you can appreciate the nuances for you guys who weren't here last week. Lee is talking about a book called The People of the Lie by M. Scott Peck. He wrote another book called The Road Less Traveled that was a bestseller. But this book um, is actually, I prefer this book. 
um, personally. And, you know, another thing he said, and I'll be I'll be quick. Uh, he said, "Evil individuals <laughs> will flee from self-examination and guilt by blaming and attempting to destroy whatever or whoever highlights their deficiencies." I thought about that. I'm like, it's pretty deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot in that book. There's like basically it's like it's people... like people don't people don't like to admit they're wrong. So they don't like to admit when they've made a mistake, you know, a lot of times. And they don't, it's it's human nature, but it's also it takes a bigger person to say, you know, I was wrong. I made a mistake. I'm not perfect, you know, and I'm sorry and I apologize if I it's it's the it's flipped the other way around in some of these groups where they don't yeah yeah i like there's a page in it that where he has like an evil checklist that's really good if you want uh, um if you remind me after or i'll try to remember i'll send that segment to you i will i just want to close by saying i have there is a young lady who i worked with you i was a teacher at usc last year right professor teaching a, a class and I, I met another teacher in the faculty meetings and uh, and then my class was canceled. And so, but we've never met in person. Uh, we've stayed in touch over email. And next week, we're finally going to get to meet for a cup of coffee. And she's a really cute gal. Very sweet. We'll see how this goes. Fingers crossed. I'll, Yay. So wait, you, know, you initiated? I initiated this. Excellent work. I, I, I see. I saw the smile in the, on the Zoom camera. You got the eye contact and smile. Very good. Yep. And so it was all over web, but you know, there's, you know, there's, there's two or three other ladies and, you know, I'm talking to that. I'm just I mean, you know, you're getting good at this. I'm getting good. I'm getting more confident. Really also, I, I think my buddy is here tonight. I want to say hi. I've invited a, a good friend of mine. His name is Dale. He's in the group tonight. Okay. Welcome and, Dale. Welcome Dale. I see your name. He's in the karaoke group. <laughs> Dale and I are very much kindred buddies and he is where I just wanted to say hi and say, welcome. I hope, hope he comes back. I hope he finds this helpful. And we've discussed, I shared your, your group with him at, at group at karaoke a couple nights ago. And so welcome Dale and, Yay. and say hello to everybody else here. It's good to see everybody again. I'll, pa- I'll pass to the next person. Have a great week. Thanks, Lee. Thank you for sharing and for spreading the word, because that's, you know, that's how we change. I mean, if everybody knew this work, we would be living in a completely different world. Okay. So, yeah, um, if you have a question, Dale, just, you know, raise your hand or put it in the chat. Okay. Hi, Ocean. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. How can I help you? Oh, great. Great to join for the very first time. Very thrilled. And But I, I try to um, turn on the uh, the video, uh, the, 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 not a video, but cameras, but it says the host disabled. Uh, is it is this the way it is or it's? Yeah. It's, uh, um... Yeah. This is the way it is. <laughs> OK, not a not a problem at all. Yeah. So I'm very thrilled to join. And uh, um, so, uh, OK, I was actually enjoy listening to the, the previous person, Lee, and uh, um, you know, and but I don't know where to start. But I, the, the reason I joined was because, uh, in in your introduction, you said you have been successfully married for a long time, and uh, I, I'm very interested to um, knowing what might be the way to have long term successful 
you know, marital relationship because a okay, lot of so uh, people, yeah. You want to get married? Well, if I met the right person, but I, the, the person I've seen, I've seen so many bad examples around me, so I ne it never the idea of getting married never appealed to me. But uh, I mean, some 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 are very successfully married. So I'm generally I'm a professional musician, and I always think it's so interesting that the previous person Lee was the professor at USC. Actually, I have a degree from USC and Los Angeles, so uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm a kindred soul. But anyways, other than that, I'm I'm a professional musician, and uh, that means I'm extremely interested in studying of a. Uh, fields of psychology at the same time music is nothing other than the, the uh, communication of the okay. psyche so yeah so i i thought i could learn so are you, you in a relationship now or are you wanting to be no i'm not I, i'm not in, in a relationship I, okay. I, mean, I had a casual casual relationship here and there but uh you know i i, I want to know you know certain wisdoms of what might be the clue to to make the relationship work lasting a long time okay well i mean there are a number of things but the three things that you need for a relationship are chemistry which is usually a gift from god right you either have it or you don't even you might have it for someone who's not very good looking or vice versa you might not have it for somebody who is good looking um compatibility which can be worked on a little bit, but it basically means, do you want the same things? Are you in balance, right? Do you have a masculine energy and a feminine energy, a yin energy and a yang energy? So that prevents having a power struggle. Um, and communication, which is what we can work on the most. So those are the three C's that you need for a relationship. Um, does that make sense? Perfectly makes sense. Thank you. Okay. But uh, okay, let me, maybe you can uh, maybe uh, let me explain something will help you to uh, under, uh, answer a little bit better because uh, the, uh, the all the relationships I've seen, you know, the long term lasting marital relationship, one party is dominating the other, and other mm -hmm. people, either whether the wife or the husband, and so that that that's not a pretty side. One is always submissive, the other is always dominant. It can be the husband, or again, it can be the wife. And uh, you know, I I feel like I didn't want to, I don't want to be in that kind of situation. I'd like to be mutually, you know, respected, you know, kind of relationship. And I yeah. I really see in a you know marriage long lasting marital couples who are mutually happy, mutually respected, instead of one party is compromising everything, the other part party is dominating the other. Okay, you know so saying? you're yeah, you're talking more about a codependent relationship where one person's a ten and the other person's a zero, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't teach that kind of relationship. Some people enjoy that kind of relationship, but I that's not one of the relationships. No, I'm, try, no, I'm trying right. to stay away from that. I'm right. trying to stay away from that. So then that, that's why I, I thought I could learn a lot from you, you know, because you okay. have, seems, yeah, yeah. So in general, though, we do want to have complementary energies. Now, those energies may change over time and they may even change um in each transaction but we still want to observe a protocol when we have an awkward situation or a conflict and if you want to be in a long-term relationship you have to get good at resolving conflicts okay good relationships are defined more by the absence of fights than anything else and if you're making love more than you're fighting then you're probably in a good relationship um, so let me ask you this. 
in your relationship, which is more important to you? Do you want to have your thoughts respected or your feelings cherished? Everyone wants both. But if you're in a conflict, which is more important? Uh, too, too abstract for me. I, mean, I need a, a real life example. Okay. Do you want to lead with your feelings or do you want to lead with your thoughts? So if you and I are having a conflict about where to eat, uh-huh. do you want to say, are you going to say, I think this restaurant's better. Look at these reviews. Everyone in town is talking about it. I want to go there. Or are you going to say, um, I don't feel good eating Chinese food. It hurts my stomach. I'm not going to go eat that food. Um, I don't feel like that. I'm not comfortable going out, which like, you know, what are you leading with your thoughts or are you leading with your feelings? I, I'm, I'm leaning, leaning toward more toward the, the former because I'm a leader. I'm a, I, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a passive person. I'm a leader. So okay. uh, yeah. I, yeah. Okay, so then you're going to be more in the masculine situation. That's going to be the yang energy. Mostly it falls along gender lines. It doesn't always, though, and it can change as we get older, and it can even change as we go into different relationships. And if you're an alpha, which means you have a strong feminine energy and a strong masculine energy, these tools really come in handy so that you can navigate that a little bit better. Because if you're coming, like, for example, if taking the example that I just used, if you, if that's not clear to you, you can give me an example of a conflict, but basically taking the example that I just used, if you come at me with your thoughts and feelings, if you're like, I really feel like having Chinese food. And by the way, this is the best restaurant in LA and it's got all the great reviews and I'm going to feel really bad if you don't want to go with me. You see how that I have no voice. I can't express my thoughts or my feelings because you're taking up both. So when we're in a conflict, we use this rubric so that we don't have a power struggle. Because if we have two people going for thoughts, that's a struggle for the masculine energy. If we have two people going for feelings, that's a struggle for the feminine energy. You understand? What, what about the different? What about the just the different values? I remember maybe twenty years ago, I was uh, with the girl, and uh, there was a homeless person. Uh, not a twenty years ago. I would say maybe uh, eight eight years ago. And there was a homeless person, and uh, she thought, you know, we should give, we should give um, him, some, you know, he looks so, you know, hung, hungry and helpless, so we should uh-huh. give him some money. And uh, I told her that, you know, I have a personal experience that uh, some, some, those people might, you know, might be a good actor. They're not really starving or nothing, just uh, they're scams, and they might be a really bad person, you know, so I don't, I, you know, unless I personally know them, you know, there's no, no mm-hmm. reason for me to give any money to a stranger who okay. I have no idea who they are. And she thought even, you know, even then we should help out people. And we, there was a conflict and she, she felt like I'm a bad person. And she felt, she told me she, she was, she had a little resentment and, you mm-hmm. know, from my thought. So right. What, right. Do you, what, what do you think about that? 
Well, I mean, you know, it depends on how it was approached. And, you know, if she said, um, what do you think about giving this guy money? And you said no, then, you know, ideally she respects that. But she could still disagree and ask you why, you know, and you explain why. Um, you know, that's she's going to interpret from that scenario, you know, what she's going to interpret. You can't really control that. Um, but, you know, whether or not you were able to show her that you are a caring person in other ways, I don't know. She obviously criticized that, that you didn't give the money. And that could be looked at as a challenge um, a bit um disrespecting your thoughts you know it just depends on yes, how it was it's done. Okay. yeah it's a value value clash of values so okay you know yeah we'll, i mean up, you know after that yeah i don't know if it was a clash of values you know there are some very kind generous people who don't give money to homeless people and there are you know i've also seen you know i've traveled around the world and i've seen very unusual. My husband and I always joke about this. In India, we saw this very, you know, people really making a huge show of giving money to homeless people, like taking coins and running them up and down in front of them. And, you know, and that also seems performative and not caring, even though, you know, technically they're giving money to to poor people. So, you know, it depends on what the intention is of some of these actions, right? And, okay, thank you very much for answering it. And the, I have last question. So uh, uh, the last gentleman, Lee, mentioned about uh, roadless uh, travel. I know of the book from maybe uh, 30 years ago, maybe. And uh, so do you think, I, I don't know the content at all, but uh, do you, do, would you recommend that book to improve the relationship? So what, no, what was the purpose? No, of, yeah, what's no. the purpose? Yeah. No, we were talking about that same author, but a different book, which I put in the chat, which is called The People of the Lie. And that's a book that's really about, um, I mean, you know, in general, when we talk about problems and relationships, we are talking about childhood trauma. So that's a book that really explores trauma, the definition of evil, um, group think, and helps you maybe understand some of the experiences you've had in life. But it's not necessarily a book about dating, per se. What's what in your opinion? What's the best? What are two or three best dating books? Um. Well, obviously, my book, "How to Live, Find Love, and Keep It." Uh huh. Um, I also like my mentor Pat Allen wrote a book called "Getting to I Do." Yes. Um. Start with those two. I think those okay. are a really good start. Thank you. And let yeah, me know you what you much. think. Come back and let me know. Thank you very much. You are welcome. And you guys know you can ask questions about other people's work as well. Okay. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Chloe. How are you? How can I help That's you? Good. I miss our group. I know. We're going to be starting up soon. <laughs> I know. Yay! Yeah, yeah. I'll be glad to to do that I I was doing really pretty well for like a month and um, or a little more and then I found I was kind of sort of backsliding with you know sort of negative thoughts and sometimes uh -huh. I could pull out of it and other times 
um, yeah, it's been more difficult. So, so yeah, I'm going to look forward to that. Good. Yeah. It helps to have that just weekly check-in um, and just having that extra support because nobody does it alone, you know, yeah. but also, I mean, development growth, it's not linear. So sometimes, you know, there's some forward and backward steps too. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, I just had a, a quick question. When I was hearing you talk about, you know, attraction, you either have it you, or you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was thinking that, you know, I've actually heard kind of the opposite. And I was wondering what you thought about, like, I've heard that our chemistry and attraction and all that kind of, you know, um, dynamite kind of energy or, or that, you know, snap crackle pop sort of you know mm-hmm. is um actually that's kind of dysfunctional stuff and kind of a sign of our old wounds that aren't healed like I, I mean just oh know. that's such a good point okay I'm glad you brought this up this is very important okay so first of all yes chemistry is important it's one of the three c's for women sometimes it can take a little bit of time to build that's why I always recommend you give someone at least three dates right now There's always going to be a certain kind of chemistry with people who fill the roles of, of, of your childhood, right? Whose dysfunction matches your dysfunctional script. And these people will feel comfortable because they're familiar, but those relationships don't bring you joy. They only bring you that familiarity. And again, this is because of the repetition compulsion. Um, we are naturally attracted to that, which is familiar and we can't break these patterns unless we bring a ton of awareness to them. And that's what we're doing here tonight. That's what this work is, is meant to do. And so that's the wonderful thing is that we know that we can break these patterns. It just takes work and repetition, right? Freud was wrong about that. The brain can change. Um, but there is a certain kind of crazy chemistry between you and the people that fit your script, which means, again, that they fulfill roles of people from your childhood, from your past. Okay. Now, when you stop choosing those people in your life and you start making more conscious decisions to choose people who are different or have different attributes and don't fit those scripts it can be kind of jarring at first and it can also feel a little bit boring you're never gonna have that craziness of those attractions when you break your scripts because that those are endemic to those childhood scripts so a lot of times people will say well The greatest sex of your life is probably not with the person you're going to marry. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I mean, people have a hard time hearing that sometimes, but chemistry, so chemistry is important, but it's not necessarily, you know, it's one of three. It's not necessarily the most important. So, you know, there's chemistry and there's chemistry. And so that's a really, that's a really insightful nuance that you kind of picked up on there. Um, And it's important, yeah, to understand that there may be people and even as much work as you've done, you know, you still could get blindsided by someone who really fits your script. And if you're not aware of your script, as you know, you're due to repeat it, even if you're trying to make a lot of conscious decisions not to repeat it. Uh, So 
you know, it, it's, it's just something you've got to make sure that that chemistry is also accompanied by the compatibility and the communication. And if it's not, and it's just chemistry, then that is not the recipe for a long-term relationship. Yeah, got it. Thanks. You are so welcome. It's a really good point. Okay. Sophie. Hi. Hi. How can I help you? Um. So uh, I was wondering if you could talk about social anxiety. Okay. Did you, is there something specific about it or you're having a problem with it or? Well, I, I think in terms of meeting people, it creates um, a block. Um, so. So what exactly, I'm, tell me exactly, like be specific. What exactly is the problem? Where's the block happening? Um, Just not, uh, if, if, if you're more comfortable, uh, like um, staying comfortable, it, it's staying in um, um, situations that are more familiar and um, not putting yourself out. Or when you do, then you're just kind of not very open, you know? Right. Okay. So, I mean, the short answer is it's incremental desensitization. And if you're looking to meet somebody, we've talked about this before, you do need to put yourself out there, right? We had somebody else here. It's like, nobody's going to know that Chris and his garden wants to meet somebody, right? It's just like, you have to do, you have to take actions. Um, so if you want to meet something, there's just certain actions that you have to take. Now, I find it useful to set my Lyman, which have I talked to you about the Lyman before? Not sure. I don't okay. Know. So it's basically you take a piece of paper, you split it in half. On one side, you're going to do your yang activities for the day. And that means everything that you have to do, right? You may not like going to the dentist, but you got to go, right? You got to get your teeth cleaned regularly. You're going to, your teeth are going to fall out. So there's things that we have to do that we don't necessarily enjoy. Then on the other side of the page, you're going to put all the things that you're going to do that day that you enjoy. You do this the night before so that when you wake up, you have a plan. And even if you, you know, life happens, you at least have a little roadmap. So you're not overwhelmed in the morning. So on the right side, you put all the things you're going to do just for fun, just for the pure pleasure of doing them. Okay. And when you do this, you try to be as specific as you can with times, um, with time spans, um, so if what you want to do, for example, is to meet somebody, then, you know, have I already talked to you about the five flirts? Um, I don't, um, okay. so what, what I assign to people who are single are the five flirts. And that means you're going to be flirting five days a week. Four of those days are going to be just while you're going about your daily stuff, you know, grocery store, taking your dog for a walk, um, playing tennis, whatever it is that you do. If you see somebody that you like, you're going to give them five seconds of eye contact and a smile. That's what Lee was talking about. That's what men look for. They look to see if you're available by the eye contact and smile. Okay. Even if they have never heard of this work or these tools, that's what instinctively men are looking at. If you give a man or 
It could be a woman. I mean, it's either one. It just has to be the complimentary energy. If you give the other person the eye contact and smile, that's their signal that they can approach. Now, one day a week, you're going to seat yourself somewhere and you're going to go somewhere where you like the look of the people there. You think you might meet meet somebody. You think people look interesting, whatever it is, and you can play around with it. Um, you know, there's <laughs> two blocks from my house. There's a coffee shop where a lot of the firemen go. Um, that's one museums. I have people learning to play golf just to meet people. Um, you plant yourself, you go alone 45 minutes to an hour. And that way somebody has a chance to approach you and sit with you and talk to you if they like your eye contact and smile. Um, so that's one day a week you do that. Now, <clears throat> that's just really, I mean, other than just doing your daily stuff, that's just one day a week. But if you start doing these flirts, it'll desensitize you a little bit gradually, right, to meeting people, to being approached. These I'm not talking, I'm not saying you have to go to big gatherings, right? But I do want you to try to get out at least once a day, every day. Does that sound doable? Yeah, you know, I actually tried this um, assignment uh, about chores and doing something that you like. And um, I'm just so not used to I'm used to just everything being a chore that <laughs> even doing some something that you like becomes a chore, you know, mm -hmm. because, mm -hmm. uh, because then I, I need to do something that I like, you know? <laughs> right. Right. So this might, this might be on the, on the yang side, you know, cause this is a goal you're trying to accomplish, but maybe you have something on the yin side that, you know, you go do your flirting for 45 minutes. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm done with that. I'm going to go get a massage or I'm going to take a nap or my I, mentor like to strip wood. I have another client who likes to organize things like just little tchotchkes, whatever it is that you, that makes you feel good. That is an end in itself. Reward yourself with that when you're done yeah. with doing your flirting. I think, you know, the problem is that I don't know how to reward because it's, it's always, I've always been on most, most of the time uh, with the mindset of accomplishing that um, just rewarding is very hard for me. And yeah. even when I decide to reward, it's like, oh, I have to do this thing because I need to reward myself. So that becomes also right, right. And, and also, also, um, you know, and I completely understand what you're saying. Look, we live in a very masculinized society. Our generation of women was really sold the bill of goods about working and being strong and independent and not needing anyone. Um, when really we just wanted like, you know, equal pay and equal opportunities okay. at work. Yeah. Right. We didn't want to like necessarily live <laughs> our lives alone. Yeah. Um, and, but that's been kind of the confusion of feminism, which was really more of an economic movement than a psychological movement. Um, so I completely get where you're coming from. Um, I've been recently working with a client where I think mm -hmm. you'll probably identify with this, where the act of relaxing is triggering in itself because she's yes. used to it. So she starts right. relaxing and then she's like, oh, shit. Yeah. So yeah. it's really a matter of practicing it. 
Like, don't let up on it. Keep going for that, you know, at least an hour every day. I want you to try to do some yin activity. That means staring out a window. I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it feels better when I'm productive and when I'm not, it actually feels like I'm depressed, you know? (laughs) Right. Yes, exactly. That is just the training of your brain. And I want you to start desensitizing pleasure because you're sounding a little bit like a pain addict. All of us are subject are vulnerable to addictions whether they be alcohol or drugs or the hormones that we produce in our body and if we are used to working ourselves to the bone all the time and being perfectionists we become what's known as pain addicts and so we're addicted to that adrenaline that's released so this is going to be a gradual process of desensitization, but I really want you to try every day to do something for yourself that is the end of it is just the pure pleasure, whether it be a walk in nature, whether it be eating an ice cream, whether it be singing, dancing, singing in itself is very relaxing, dancing, something where you can cut yoga, meditation getting into your body, getting into your feelings because you're, I can just hear, and this is normal. It's not, you know, just a normal fucked up person like the rest of us. (laughs) Um, But I can hear in your voice that you're not used to having pleasurable feelings. And, you know, look, it's something that it, this is a journey is I still have to work on that too sometimes. So it's, it's nothing like shameful about it, but it really does help to start just doing something every day, just for you, just for the pure pleasure. It could be masturbating. It could be napping, you know, it could be coloring. It really could be anything. But just think about things that will just make you feel good and commit think, to doing that every day. I think it's I think I I think it's more a mindset rather than the thing that I'm doing, you know. The specific thing that I'm doing is less um affects me less than what mindset I'm doing. Right. I mean, you're, right. Right. I struggle with that too. Cause it's like even when I'm doing things I enjoy, sometimes I'm like, when is this gonna be over? you know, (laughs) but it's really a matter of practice. Um, I don't know if it was you, but one week or two ago, we talked about receiving. So if you can try to receive from people, so if somebody gives you the right of way, please take it. If somebody asks you how you're feeling, you don't have to ask them how they're feeling. Just receive it and respond. Say, thank you. Thank you for asking. If someone holds the door for you, if someone pulls out a chair for you, if someone asks if they can care, help carry your groceries, if you someone gives you help, please receive it. Mm-hmm. Even okay. if it's very small, right? Mm-hmm. So starting okay. to do some of those things will also help. And I know it's scary because it makes you vulnerable and it's against the mindset of being strong and independent and not needing anyone. But this is going to help you open up your feminine side a little bit more and help you to enjoy life. And when you are doing one of your enjoyable activities and you're getting into that mode of like, when is this going to be over? Like I said, 
it's helpful to, you know, take a breath and start to just tune into your senses. So, you know, either notice like five things in your surroundings or notice to yourself, how do I feel? What am I smelling? What am I hearing? So you can either go through your senses, you can just use the visual senses, but just those, both of those exercises will bring you back into your body a little bit more so mm-hmm. that you can be more present in the moment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Thank okay. you. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I get it. So yeah, let me know how that goes. That's, you know, that's unfortunately a common problem for women and just for society in general um, is that we fail to cherish our feelings. We fail to cherish the environment. And so our society's a bit lopsided right now. Okay. Helen. Hi, Chloe. Hi, Helen. How, How are, are you? you? I'm good. <laughs> How can I help you? Um, well, I was, you know, having a pretty good time of it. Um, I definitely like the advice you were just giving um, to Sophie that I, you know, I, I was using your advice and it was helping to build my self-esteem to like really just do things that give me pleasure. Um, so, you know, I started learning how to play the ukulele and sing. Oh, right, right. Right. And so it's just getting back to, you know, the feminine side of me. Because I think as a single mom and always being on my own, taking care of myself, you you tend to go the other direction. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was doing pretty well at healing from what I considered to be a really traumatic ending to a long about nine-year relationship where we we were engaged and I've been talking with some you know nice gentlemen on the phone um, that I've been meeting mostly through dating apps but I'm you know really getting really good at finding the qualities and you know narrowing in you know who's worth my time and good, but I did, I do really relate to when you talk about being addicted to the, like the repetition compulsion and yeah. addicted to the pain. And I, I, the resonating word that, you know, keeps coming to mind when I'm talking to these guys is, you know, boring, boring. And I, when mm-hmm. you mentioned that it struck a chord, cause I'm like, oh, okay. That, so it's, so that makes sense that because yeah. I'm. <laughs> yeah I'm I'm going away from what I would normally feel comfortable with um, right and it's and you know there's a there's a chemical part about it too because you just you literally are missing that chemistry of the up and down of the drama of it it's real right and okay so here's my my latest dilemma the pain of change is um now that I have all this self-awareness and these better boundaries for myself and I'm looking for people of integrity, I find that I've lost my sister um, because I, I guess I got off the, you know, I wanted to get off the crazy train. Yes. <laughs> so, and so she's not there she wants to stay on the drama right you leveled up and she didn't right and so I guess I'm sort of mourning that loss but at the same at the same time that happened 
my ex-fiance found me at the gym because he knows my routine. Um, I'm in the pool and he found me and just kind of gave me a mental grenade of, um, so he said he dated some women at work and, you know, there was a betrayal in the end of our relationship. He dated these women at work and it made him realize that he's still in love with me and I'm the love of his life. And if he can't be with me, he'd rather just stay single. And it's really messed with my head because I still love him. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about that? I just put myself on pause because he kind of, he never, he never really asked me what I wanted. He just kind of told me like, I, you know, I think we should be friends and focus on being friends and starting really slow. And, but he didn't ask me what I wanted. And Mm -hmm. I just kind of put myself on pause because it's so easy to just slip back into that pattern with him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he's a very confused person about money and about women. And I feel like I have to protect myself at this point. Okay. Okay. So I'll say this. How long has it been since you guys broke up? We ended things in February. Okay. So it's very, very, very obvious when someone is changing. And you guys who in here who have been doing this work for a little while know what I'm talking about. Because it's work. And you make changes and you look different and you seem different. I'm hearing from you. Well, tell me, what's your gut instinct? Do you think he's changed or not? No. And I I asked him, have you put any work? Have you done any work like for yourself and to better yourself? And because that's um, if somebody's not working on themselves, they're not going to be compatible with you because you are working on yourself. Right. And so he's saying he's open to um to that, but he's a lazy guy and he's not really, you know, relationships take hard work and that's why he doesn't want to just jump back in with me. Let's just start as friends. Mm -hmm. But I feel like he's just trying to suck me back in and uh, like, there's no, he is trying to suck you back in. Right. And there's no, he, he's never, his words and actions don't usually line up. And so I know that right there is a red flag. Right. Um, it but hasn't it's, been that long. I mean, here's look, it's really up to you. I never like to tell people, oh, this is hopeless or don't don't see them. If you if there's a part of you that wants to explore it and wants to see what's happening, um, then do so. You know, you have these tools now. You can negotiate a new deal. If he's not willing to stick with it, we're going to know that really, really fast, you know. Right. Um, I had a similar situation with a client. It wasn't with um, a romantic partner, but it was with her brother. And she had extricated herself from a very toxic situation with her family of origin. 
but she always kind of held a candle for her brother. And a couple years in, he agreed to go to therapy with her and they had it out and they, they, you know, made a bunch of agreements. Um, and within the first month, he couldn't, he couldn't keep the agreements. They made an agreement to one person check in. Each of them had to check in with each other at least once a month. Because if you're not talking once a month, you're not even really in any a relationship of any kind. I mean, that's down enough for a romantic relationship, but just even a platonic relationship. And first month came and went. He didn't do it. So right. it was done. It was over. That's it. You know, yeah. like if you want to give him another chance, you can. But then you're going to have to just be really vigilant that was a very painful experience, okay, that my client went through. But she's done now. She has no questions in her head now, you know. Yeah. So you have to think about it for yourself. Is it worth it? I'm hearing well, from you that you don't feel great about it. I feel really cautious and guarded because I know um, how much he hurt me in the end and I'm very reticent to put myself back in that situation. But I guess if I have terms, I don't know how to really propose that. Um, Cause I don't, right. I guess, I guess that would be a, a great way to see if, if this is even worth pursuing is if I, yeah, you know, a lot of people who are on the bubble in their relationships, the, come to me or like women who are in your situation, they'll make it a requirement. Like you have to see Chloe and then we're okay. going to, you know, like, and then I can help you guys negotiate something um, either together or separately, whatever it is you decide. But that will also be like, if you are interested, that'll be a gauge. Cause if he's like, no, then. Right. Right. And then what, what if he's just, saying like let's just start off really slow and just be friends I don't really no, know what that's that not means. okay that's <laughs> not really realistic for you guys to go into a friendship now after the past that you've had and it was only in February it's not really that realistic to move into a friendship right now right yeah. and he was I mean he was literally like stealing kisses on my neck and I'm like this doesn't feel like a friendship <laughs> right <laughs> so that's already he's already not being quite honest with his intentions right there right um, okay so I could I could propose like my my term of okay well we have to talk with Chloe yes and, and if he if if he says no then that will let me know how open he is to change and exactly. growing. Exactly. Exactly. And even if he says yes, and we have a session or two, and he's not keeping his word, he'd still be done. Right? Right. Right. So you're going to learn something from this either way. So it, it's, there's, you know, I it's kind of a win-win because either he's going to level up and be a better guy, and that'll be great. Or you will step on his head and move up to a better guy through this process. You understand? Either by rejecting yes. him or trying or whatever it is you decide to do. Um, because this, 
this whole exercise, everything I'm telling you right now, this is you cherishing your feelings. This is you setting a price tag for your feelings, right? Like, look, if you're not going to care about me, you're not going to make me feel good. And when you approach, like, let's say you do decide to give another shot, I want you to lead with your feelings. So it's going to be like, well, I'll feel more comfortable if you are willing to see this woman, or if you are willing to go together with me, or if you are willing, you know, whatever it is. Yes. Um, And I, and I did acknowledge to him that like, you know, there's things about me that needed work and I've been putting the work in. So it's like, I, you know, I recognize my role as well. Um, But I just, it wasn't feeling that he was really interested in the work. So I guess I will propose the question and yeah, see if, he, get, get if he's willing. Yeah, see if he's willing to put, a, you know, to take an action, to put money where his mouth is, basically. You know, yes. and sometimes people get this work and they change, and it's like really eye opening for them. And sometimes yes. they they don't, you know. And people, honestly, people surprise me all the time. Yeah. So I'm, you know, we just have to see if he's open. Exactly. Okay, that's the plan. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, okay, I'm going to try to answer th- this question quickly. Dale, can you talk about the fly furts from the men's POV? Yes. Okay, so you heard them from the women's POV. If you're the man, you're still going to be doing the same thing, the eye contact and the smile five days a week, one seated, the other four on the hoof, that means, you know, in motion. And the only difference really is he who speaks first is masculine. So if you want to be in the masculine role, then you are, after you get that five seconds of eye contact and smile and you're, you know, you give it out too, obviously you give someone five seconds of eye contact and smile. You see if it's received or maybe somebody gives you five seconds of eye contact and smile and you respond to that. But he who speaks first is masculine. So if you get that signal and that go ahead, then that's your signal that you can approach. And then, you know, don't make a, you know, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It could use something that's in the environment. It can be, can I help you carry your coffee? It can be, that's a nice sweater. It can be, oh my God, this is like my favorite song. You know, whatever is just happening, don't, you know, don't get too tortured about being clever or whatever it is. Because if she's giving you the eye contact and the smile, that means she's interested. Um, Lee's getting very good at doing this. So you can, you can get Lee to help you, but I don't want you guys to go together. It's much better to, um, go alone to these things. And then you can kind of like reconnoiter later, but like in general, it's easier to meet people, men and women when you're alone, because it's hard to approach a group, right? I know men find a group of women very intimidating and women aren't necessarily interested in talking to a big group of guys on their own either. So um, <laughs> we, I'm still a humble student. Yes, but you're learning and you're going to be in the module. So that'll be helpful. Um, but yeah, so so try that. Try, you know, doing the flirts. You will meet people um, that way. Do you have any questions about that? 
Oh, sure. I can talk about this for a second. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, the eye contact, I think, is is key there. Um, yes. There's a couple of times I'll see a girl in the store and I'll try to make a comment, but I don't make eye contact with her, right? I just like, you know, we're both looking at the same item. I see something funny about it. I'll, I'll say something. And, you know, 50% of the time it works and it leads to something else. The other 50%, they completely ignore me. Um, but yeah. I like the idea with the eye contact. So Okay, yeah, yeah. There's this um, reality show on Netflix. It's called Too Hot to Handle. It's pretty good because it makes everybody like wait to have intercourse until they get to know each other. But one of the things I was noticing on the most recent season was there was a guy and he was like, oh my God, she was giving me that eye contact. And, you know, <laughs> it's like, it can be very intimate. So yeah, if do that. And by the way, do them at the same time, the eye contact and smile. We had somebody who was, who was doing eye contact and then the smile and people were kind of responding a little bit creepy to that. So <laughs> make sure you're doing it <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, come back and let me know how it goes. All right. Thanks. You're welcome. You are welcome. Okay. So I'm going to wrap it up now. Um, I usually do about an hour at these things. If you guys have questions during the week, you know, you can reach out to me either through meetup, through my website, um, through Instagram. Um, all this stuff is there. And again, if you are really interested in this work, do sign up for the module. It's going to be the last one I'm teaching this year. It's really economical, but it's also really efficient, like way to learn this work, kind of hit the ground running and, you know, understand the theory and apply it to your life. So all that information is on my site or also probably in my bio. Um, but if you have trouble finding it, you can message me. If you have a quick question during the week, I'm usually good um, for an answer. But if it's more than that, we can set up a session. So um, yeah, I look forward to hearing from you. If not before next week, then I'll see you guys next week. Bye.